I'm Christopher Lara with The Digital, joined by Kerry Giordano, our Director of Operations, and Rob Delory, all-around SEO enthusiast. Today, we're going to go over website audits and what are some of the things we look for when auditing a website. Kerry, Rob, thank you for joining me. Hey, Christopher. Thanks for having us. Why would someone audit their website? What is the point of one? Well, uh, if I could jump in, Kerry, if that's all right. Uh, Please do. It it really comes down to what is it that you're looking for your website to do and what are you auditing it for? And what I mean by that is, are you looking for technical elements for search engine optimization? You know, why is it not performing as well in the actual Google search results? Or are you looking at your website from the standpoint of, hey, I get a lot of traffic to the website. But why is it not converting as much? Why are people not taking the actions that I want them to? So it really starts with understanding as you're approaching the project of looking at it from the standpoint of what is it that I'm trying to accomplish here? And that will lead you down the road of how you do or why you would conduct a specific type of audit. Yes, I totally agree with you, Rob. Um, When I look at a website, uh, you know, if a client comes to us looking for an audit, um, I, I'll look at a site and try to put on my user cap and try to think of myself as, you know, if I were a user coming to this website and I knew nothing about this company and I went to the homepage or any page on the website, cause you don't always enter a website from the homepage. Remember, um, I, if I go to that site, what do I know what I'm looking at? Like what, what company is this? What do they do? You know, is this an e-commerce store? Is it, you know, and like if you're an e-commerce store and that's not obvious when I first come to the site, then, you know, that's an issue. Or if I'm looking for a plumber and I come to your site and it's not obvious that you do plumbing, then that's an issue. So I just like, that's kind of the first thing I look for. Is it, is it obvious what the point of the site is and, and what they do? And from a usability side of things, I agree with you, Carrie. You, you really do want to start thinking more in terms of uh, the visitor, their mindset when they show up. You've been looking at your website for a long time, but as you're saying, is it obvious? Uh, it, it, it really is remarkable to look at some of the websites and then have conversations with the person who owns the website and determine, well, a lot of the things that you want people to know about your business aren't even on the front page, the the really primary things about your company. And uh, it's it's always surprising to me. Yeah, I mean, I think as business owners, we're really proud of our logo and really proud of our products and all of our accomplishments and, and things like that. But, you know, when a user comes to your site for the first time, they don't really care about that stuff if you have a really beautiful abstract logo but they don't know what you do or what you can offer to them then they're not going to care they're just going to bounce so um yeah i think it's really important to to keep the um the user in mind that that that, you know users have you only have like three seconds of their attention so they they need to get to your site and know what's what's in it for me. What is it worth my time? Because time is so valuable and people are so distracted. So you need to serve whatever need they have as soon as they get to your site in some way. And maybe it's a call to action that answers the question that, that most people ask when they're coming to your site or 
you know, um, also, is it easy for them to call you or contact you if they have a question? There's nothing more frustrating than going to a website, being really interested, and then not being able to find or figure out how to contact these people and, and if you want their service or their product. And sometimes it's as simple as the phone number. So many websites, for some reason, let's go ahead and put it on the contact page. What For me, why wouldn't you have it on every page? Why wouldn't you have it predominantly displayed at the top? Again, if that is important to your company, there are some very few companies, but e-commerce, for example, the phone number isn't the priority for them. But a lot of service companies, I'm really surprised every time I go through websites, how often they'll go ahead and just have one instance of the phone number on their website, and it's in small type somewhere on the contact page. It's it's one of those first things that you look at and say, well, here's a big opportunity. Right. And there's nothing more frustrating than finding the contractor that you need on your mobile device, and you click on their phone number in the teeny tiny print in the footer, and it doesn't call. <laughs> it's like, for the user experience, please put your phone number in a button and so that they can call and immediately call the person and not have to copy and paste it. I mean, I, a lot of people don't think about that, but since we you know do this every day, that's something that we look for when we audit a website. I'll, I'll take it even one step further, Carrie, because uh, you know even some of the small uh, mobile browsers are getting pretty good at identifying that this is a phone number. But how many websites I've gone through and the phone number is part of an image? Okay, I can read it, but it's <laughs> right. right? Not mobile. Oh, that's friendly. terrible. It, it's it's still out there. I've still seen that happening out there. So yes, when you do and conduct a, a website audit. Those are the types of things you're looking for. Okay, fine. The, the text isn't in an image. It's just sitting there on the website. However, if it's not cl- actually click to call, you know, the technical um, term for it, if it's not t- um, click to call, you're missing out on the opportunity of seeing how oftentimes people are actually clicking on it. Because you're right. If, if somebody goes ahead and sees the text there and the web browser for your device is picking up on it, it still doesn't mean that you're getting that information in your analytics. You got the call, mm-hmm. but you don't know where these calls are coming from. So again, that's where we start digging down into in a website audit, uh, determining all of these things. Right. Yeah, some other things. So that's kind of the first pass that I do on a website audit is just kind of, you know, think of the user and think of just the user experience, just basically the the basics. But then, you know, you dig a little deeper and we start looking into page speed. Um, You know, there's several tools that we look at to see um, is the site um, loading more than a second or two. What is it getting stuck on? Maybe you have a plugin that's out of date that's making the website, you know, choke and, and keep trying to access a script that doesn't exist anymore. Because <clears throat> your site can be, um, you know, great when you launch it. And then six months later, there's there's some kind of code change in a plugin that you're not even not even aware of, particularly, you know, in a word, any of the CMS sites that have plugins, um, you know, those plugins are developers are all over the world and are making code changes every day to improve their plugins. And so your site could be fine one day and then next week, all of a sudden it's slow. So 
um, we run it through a tool to identify what could be um, causing the hangup. Maybe there's some images that are too large. There, there's a lot of simple things that, that you can do to make a site faster and easier to navigate. Um, another thing that's been coming up a lot lately is ADA compliance. Um, so, you know, there was, there were laws passed, you know, a couple of years ago, and it's taken a little while for the websites to catch up. You know, everybody knows that, you know, retail businesses have to have ramps for a wheelchair. And, um, you know, there was a time where people had to adjust the sinks in their, in the bathrooms. And, you know, and that was a big change. And, and now websites were discovering there's some basics that websites needs to have. So people who are um, visually impaired um, can see whether it's, you know, color blindness, or if they have used a screen reader um, to read off what's on the page. So there's a lot, and a lot of people are just not even aware that that's a thing. And that's, it's, um, you know, there's, if you, federal agencies and anybody who services a federal agency has to be ADA compliant, and that's including their website. And I'm not a lawyer, but that's, that's what I hear. And that's what we do. <laughs> but it's actually becoming more and more important for all websites. And in some countries, it's actually the standard that it doesn't matter what industry you're in, they have to be ADA compliant. And it might be a different term over there. But um, here, I think, you know, in the upcoming years, it's coming. So we need to keep that in mind. And some of the things you can do to help people um, access your website is to make sure that you're, you have good color contrast. You know, you don't put, um, you know, red text on a blue background where you can barely distinguish uh, the difference between the colors. Uh, make sure the font sizes are large enough. And um, one thing that you might not even think of is alt tags on your images. There's actually some code you can put in all of your images that describes what the image is. So when um, a, a visually impaired person is looking at a web page and it's reading off all the content on the page, when it gets to a picture, if you don't have an alt tag on that picture, it'll just say image. But if you have an alt tag on there, it might say girl with red balloon, or at least it tells them what is in the image. Um, so that is something that we would look for in an audit as well, if all of the images have alt tags. And for the ADA compliance, I mean, it is a law that's out there and you are starting to see, quite frankly, lawsuits have been coming mm -hmm. up over the last few years for different organizations that are out there. So it's something that people, you're right, have to start becoming mindful of these things and making sure that they're at least taking care of very simple things as you're describing, because uh, I think it's going to be a bigger topic moving forward. Yeah, exactly. And there's um, there's different laws out there. You know, there's the um, it's not just the ADA laws, but there's also um, GDPR. Well, yeah, there's the GD the, the privacy laws. Oh, the discrimination laws too. The, there's there's different laws into play. So you read the the information on one law and you think, oh, well, I don't have to do it because my I'm not in that industry. But you might not realize that there's enough, like if you're in the healthcare field, even if you have nothing to do with federal agencies, it still could be that you're discriminating 
if, if the only way you offer appointments, for instance, is through your website, then you're basically discriminating people who can't schedule online if you don't make the scheduling accessible to somebody who's visually impaired. That's just one example. Oh, okay. But yeah, but if you, it's an interesting topic. If you, there's a lot of lawsuits out there, and the, and the people can get you from different angles. So it's just best to to just be mindful of, and and it's also just being a good citizen to make your your website accessible to everybody. Right. You know. I was wondering, is there a frequency in which you guys recommend that um, a business get their website audit, or there certain um, situations in which one is recommended? You, you know, for me, I, I I don't try to burden businesses too much with uh, things like that. So I I can honestly say, if you're at least doing it once a year, that's probably good practice. If you're a company and your website is getting massive amounts of traffic and you rely upon it to be able to go ahead and uh, you know provide leads or sales or whatever the case is, it really comes down to how much of a priority is the website to your business. Uh, you know I, I'm, I can think of some very large companies that probably are auditing it only because they have full marketing teams that that's all that they're doing today. They are in essence running audits on theirs constantly um, just because you know they've got an entire team that surrounds it. But for most of your small business owners, it's probably a good idea you know, right at the beginning of the year, it's usually a good time, you know, getting ready for the next year, evaluating your content, running a website audit, you know, checking in on those things. That That's that's pretty good rule of thumb, if, if you ask me, which you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would agree. But I would say, just to expand slightly, if your business completely depends on your website, then I would do it more often, maybe quarterly. And and if, you're, if, if your business is completely web-based, hopefully you have an IT person or some kind of team that is maintaining your website on a regular basis anyway, but I would say maybe quarterly at, at minimum. I mean, honestly, some, some businesses don't change a letter on their website in a year. So, you know, right. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's still a good idea to do the audit anyways, because, you know, you may not be up to date with best practices, things of that sort. But it really is a good idea to at least put it on a schedule of some sort. And uh, you're right, Carrie, for the more a company depends upon it, the more it should be analyzed. Let's say I'm a small business owner and um, I don't want to work with an agency and I just want to kind of lightly self-audit a website myself. What are some of the things that I would look for? Well, uh, again, are we talking about from an SEO standpoint? Are we talking about from uh, a, a conversion standpoint, you, you gave the example. Uh, what would be just one like one thing that you recommend uh, someone look for uh, when self-logging their website? Um, one example that I think of is uh, the small business owner that had their family member perhaps update their website and unbeknownst to them, um, the site has been made no index. Yeah. So search engines can't even crawl them. Okay. Uh, we've we've you know, definitely had business owners come to us before um, because all of a sudden they don't understand what's going on. So, so, it, so it is a matter of SEO we want to talk about right now. And that's I think as a business owner, that's the whole purpose of your site, right? To get found. Yeah. Google your company. 
<laughs> so, right, right. Yeah. You know, let's take step one. What is uh, Google showing up for your company name? Okay, great. Now I can go ahead and look at that and see how the web presence is. Then go ahead and Google whatever your main service or product or whatever it is that you think you should be ranking for. Very simple to do. Google that and see if you're showing up for that. And I say, see if you're showing up for that. You know, uh, again, going into a website audit, there's things to keep in mind that if you've Googled your own company enough times, you know, Chrome and the rest of them already know what you're trying to go ahead and find, and they may put it up a little bit higher. That's when you want to go ahead and search from other browsers. But it really comes down to the first thing to do is just start Googling it and seeing how the search results are representing your company. Probably the second thing that I would do, no matter what the website was, is I would run a quick mobile-friendly test through uh, Google as well. If you Google that, Google mobile-friendly test, they'll come up with their own little thing. You put in your website address, and 30 seconds later, it'll give you a yes or no. You are mobile-friendly according to the search engines. Uh, you know What that looks like is a different story. You'll be able to visibly see that, but at least you know you're compliant with them. And that really makes a difference, not just for, uh, you know, search engines, but it also makes a difference on, you know, is it easy for people to look at on their phone? Uh, and I'm on a roll here, but again, a lot of people will go ahead and look at their website on their computer all the time because that's where they are, not really realizing that 75% of visitors are visiting their website on cell phones. So, you know, sometimes people just don't think outside of what they're used to to doing themselves. Yeah, I would, to expand on that, I would say whatever it is you want your clients to do on your website, whether it's call them, call you, or submit that contact form, or buy a product, or request a consultation, go through the motions on your phone and on your computer, and maybe ask a friend to do the same and make sure that everything happens that's supposed to. Like did, when you filled out the form, do you get the notification do, as both the user and the website owner? And if you try to call, does it connect or does it, is it not going to the right place? You know, I would just, tr whatever your user flow is or your desired user flow, make sure that it's able to happen from beginning to end and that you're notified about it. And, and Carrie, you are 100% correct. I can't tell you how many people I've sat down with and, well, how many contact forms do you get? Well, I don't know. I've, and then we go in and we find out that the contact forms were never coming to them. And, oh, my goodness, that was something so basic. It's as simple as just put in your name and info, submit it, and see what happens. It, maybe it's not even going to your email address and you've been missing out on opportunities. But you're right. It's those simple little things. If it's an e-commerce website, go ahead and make a purchase and send something to your house. To, you know, it's a small purchase. But make yeah. sure it's not just the website, but that the whole process is set up. You know, I know, I know we're stepping outside of the website, but really that's just the first step sometimes in all of this. Uh, when what was the movie there with Tom Hanks and Castaway? I think it started out him working for FedEx, and in the very beginning, he shows up and he had sent a package to the facility itself, and he opened it up and he had a box with a a timer on it showing how long it took for it to make it there. Sometimes you have to utilize 
the actual product or service that you are providing on the website to get that full understanding of how it's working through your business. I hope I explained that okay. <laughs> yeah, that was great, Rob. <laughs> I think uh, we achieved our goal to explain why someone would want a to audit the website and what the point of one is, as well as give some tips on how to self-audit yourself um, if you don't want to use a professional agency. Any last words you guys want to share before we say goodbye? As far as all of that's concerned, sometimes it's as simple as just taking a look at your website. Does it look outdated? Are you in an industry that your competitors are really keeping up to date and that makes a difference to uh, the, the visitors to your website, to your customers? Um, you know, Does your website provide information that is useful to visitors. It's, you know, we can get into technical details of website audits. Sometimes it's as simple as taking a look at it as a whole. Is this a useful resource? And, and that'll be my final thing right there. Yep. And call us at the digital if you'd like a more technical <laughs> SEO audit. <laughs> yeah. If you have a business and you're looking for a website audit, get in touch with our web experts at thedigital.com for a free website audit. Have a good day. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye.